You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another Facebook Friday here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. And by the way, the New Orleans Saints selection has been made in today's episode of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. So go check it out by searching Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, there are some who believe that the Saints may go early at wide receiver in next week's NFL draft. What does that mean? And who are some options? Let's talk about some early day two receivers who could potentially make sense for the New Orleans Saints. And also, we just learned who will be announcing those day two picks for the Houdat Nation as well. So we'll talk about that. Then we'll get right to our Facebook Friday segment with our Locked on Saints Facebook group Saints Draft wish list, positions, players, roles, and more to discuss when it comes to what the family wants to see coming next weekend. And we'll get a quick story time with Ross in as well as my world's recently collided thanks to the Locked on Saints Facebook group just the other day. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over at our National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Now let's get into it. Today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you very much for joining us here. And I just want to acknowledge real quick that iTunes has been bugging like crazy. So if you're waiting for new episodes on iTunes or if they're popping up late, things like that, I apologize. But it'll all be sorted out, hopefully, before we get around to the NFL draft here. I'm going to say certainly before we get to the NFL draft here. Let's put that out in the universe. But for everybody that has joined us, whether it's your first time or your next time, thank you so much for coming through. Make sure you follow along with the podcast so that you catch every single episode Monday through Friday. So we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the recent rumors. And there are some folks who believe that the Saints may actually go wide receiver early on in the NFL draft next week. Now, when I think about early, right, going wide receiver early, what does that actually mean? Now, to some people, that means first round right away, round, you know, pick 28 or wherever the Saints will select in the first round. I tend to lump in the second round with that as well, right? I tend to think that that's first round, early second round. I would even go so far as to maybe throw in uh, late for late second round as well. Anywhere between kind of like the top 50 picks is what I think of when I think early in this draft, considering there's over 260 selections uh, over the course of this draft as well. So if we look at some of the potential wide receivers that could be taken, in this draft, not just in the first round, which we've discussed, right? We've talked about some of those guys, uh, Terrace Marshall. We've talked about Kadarius Tony, uh, perhaps at nauseum, right? We have Brandon Olson come through to talk a bit about Kadarius. We talked also about uh, Elijah Moore a little bit, Rondell Moore. We've talked about a bunch. These are all early wide receivers for me, but some of them first round contention, some of them not. Like Rondell Moore, I believe, has sized himself out of the first round, but does he have the talent to get there? Potentially just takes one team, right? Just takes one team to fall in love with them. But is that team the New Orleans Saints? I don't think so to the first round extent. However, could be an option in the second round, as would be a few other options. If we look here at Dane Brugler's 2021 draft guide, The Beast, he actually has quite a few receivers that are first round, first to second, second round, and even second to third round, which I do want to include a little bit of conversation about in those as well, because some of those borderline second to third round guys could end up going within that top 50, top 55. 
So when I look at this, you see some receivers that you already expect, right? Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, they're all at the very top of this class. You get into tier two, that includes guys like Kadarius Tony, Tony, uh, Terrace Marshall, uh, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore. There you go. You get into tier three, then you start to get into guys like Rondell Moore and then some of these other names that I want to talk about, like Diami Brown, for instance, out of North Carolina. Now, Diami Brown doesn't get a ton of hype. Six foot 189, but has 4'4", or and has 4'4 speed. So he hits most of the thresholds for the New Orleans Saints. He might be a little bit underweight, but not by enough that I would say that it really matters, right? We're talking about 10 pounds. We're really talking about maybe seven pounds, if we're being fair, uh, in terms of the, the bottom of the Saints prototype when it comes to size. But he had 55 catches for almost 1,100 yards last season and eight touchdowns the season before that, 51 catches for almost 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns, averaged 20.3 yards per catch in 2019, 20 yards per catch in 2020. That's pretty remarkable. A couple of all ACC marks in there as well. He had five receptions for over 50 yards in 2020. So he is a big play machine. And he's the only player, according to Dane Brugler, in school history with multiple 1,000-yard receiving seasons and the only player with multiple 200-yard receiving games. So he is a big play machine. Gets a little bit of uh, comparison to Stefan Diggs out there. But, you know, similar size and such, and he has these skills and this skill set that really help to make him a starting wide receiver in the NFL in terms of his his projection and, of course, the big play ability. So when you look at a guy like Diami Brown, how does he fit with the New Orleans Saints? Well, a big part of it comes down to a potential shift in the prototype, considering the fact that the Saints could have more big play potential at the quarterback position and therefore would be looking for that big play potential at the wide receiver position as well. Another name to keep an eye out on would be from Clemson wide receiver Amari Rogers, who has incredible yards after catch ability, is also a special team stud, has a rushing touchdown on his record as well. 15 career touchdowns, including last season in 2020, where he had 77 receptions for 1,020 yards and seven touchdowns. Only averaged 13.2 yards per catch, but you could see him be both a volume guy as well as a big play guy as well. So there's a lot that's really, really kind of exciting about Amari Rogers. He's a little bit to me of like, I don't want to call him lesser because he's a human being, but in terms of his skill set, he's a lesser version of Kadarius Tony to an extent, right? You can move Kadarius Tony around to a few other places perhaps than you might be able to with Amari Rogers. But again, He's got his rushing touchdown. He's got some punt return touchdowns in his career as well. He did suffer an ACL tear before the 2019 season, but was back uh, the second game of that same season and still played 14 games out of that year. So he seems to be pretty okay there. Uh, The thing that'll be really, really interesting about him is if he can play outside. That's where I think Kadarius Toney has a little bit of an advantage is that Kadarius Toney, I feel a little bit more confident can play that flanker role on the outside rather than a guy like Amari Rogers. One more uh, wide receiver that I think could be very interesting early for the Saints. Actually, I'll I'll mention two, but I'm really going to talk about one more because one we've talked about a bunch already, and it's Tylen Wallace, big play machine out of Oklahoma State. Watch him at the senior bowl, create separation like crazy. He's he's awesome. But the other guy that I want to talk about just really quickly is Amon Ross St. Brown, five foot 11, 197 pounds. I don't think he's as good a fit for the New Orleans Saints because of the fact that he's a little bit more 
of an X receiver, a little bit more of a split end, which you already have in Michael Thomas. So I don't want to be too redundant in that selection. He's a skillful wide receiver back in 2019, 77 receptions, 1,042 yards, seven touchdowns, scored, excuse me, six touchdowns, scored seven touchdowns in only six games in 2020 with an abbreviated Pac-12 season, team captain during that time too. So he's a little bit of a culture guy. So there's a lot of things to like about Amon Ross St. Brown, but I don't know if he's really an early selection for the New Orleans Saints, considering what they already have and the amount of players that can play the role that I'm on Ross St. Brown would compete for at the NFL level. So I would say personally, my top options in terms of the early wide receivers that aren't first round guys, so after Kadarius Toney, after Terrace Marshall, those guys would be Diami Brown out of North Carolina, and then Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Those are the two that I'll be keeping an eye on as early receiver potential for the New Orleans Saints in the mid to late second round. All right, y'all, we're going to get to Well, you here in just a moment, the Locked On Saints listeners over at the Locked On Saints Facebook group gave me their Saints draft wish list, and we get to do a little bit of story time with Ross as well, because my world's collided a little bit, and I want to share a very fun story from a Saints game that I went to back in 2015. So we'll have all that coming up for you here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection from 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are built to bring joy to your partner's life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're perfect, and they are the perfect way to bring light to your partner's life. They're available now through Mother's Day on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection of high-quality fine jewelry will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced, so you can get something that is special and truly meaningful. So if you're in the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that'll be cherished forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. All right, Houdat Nation, this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live, your boy included. It's going to be a ton of fun April 29th through May 1st, covering all three days of the NFL Draft. In order to watch it, subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page today. You can also see some of our mock draft videos over at the Locked On NFL YouTube page as well. So we got a lot going on over here as we get closer and closer to the draft and a big part of what we're doing on Locked On Saints over this time is getting wish lists from the family, from analysts, from writers, from everybody. So we're bringing in a whole bunch of voices. And today is all about your voice. We did Twitter Tuesday, got some voices. Now we're going to jump into the insight and opinions of some of the listeners over at the Locked On Saints Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com slash groups slash Locked On Saints. All right. So let's start off here with Daniel Adams. It would be a miracle, but Panay Sewell. Yeah, you're telling me. Talk about getting probably the second best player in this draft, maybe even best player in this NFL draft, uh, according to some folks. Uh, that would be, that would take a miracle and it would be incredible. Uh, Andrew Clory here mentioned, just give me J.C. Horn. Of course, this was a very popular selection, right? J.C. Horn, son of former Saints wide receiver, Joe Horn, and probably the best cornerback in this draft. 
The only corner that I would probably put up there with him would be Caleb Farley right away, but Caleb Farley has all the injury concerns, durability concerns that just aren't present with J.C. Horn. So J.C. Horn really checks all the boxes, big, physical, speedy, great in coverage, good ball skills, can you know, scheme versatile, can play man and zone coverage, and has been durable throughout his career. So you really like J.C. Horn. Now, J.C. Horn did opt out of the 2020 season. Could that cause him to fall a little bit? I don't think so. I, I honestly I honestly can't even make that argument. But if he fell far enough and the Saints traded up for him, I would not be mad about it. Uh, let's go to Ross Mungru here who said, let us just get Zaven Collins. Yes, yes, my draft crush, Zaven Collins. Let me tell y'all, draft crush is sometimes not a great thing because you tend to get locked in. And I'm talking about me, right? Tend to get locked in on a specific prospect. And then if that prospect isn't available when you're doing a mock draft or a simulator or something like that, then you tend to try to look to replace that position immediately. So you kind of get pigeonholed a little bit. I'm hoping, and I rely on y'all, the family, to tell me whether or not I have sort of avoided that. But I am, it is like Zaven Collins is somebody that I would love for the Saints to get. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if he ended up with the New Orleans Saints, I'd be very, very happy about that. Just somebody that can play first and second down as a will linebacker next to Demario Davis. And then in, on third down, potentially turned into a pass rusher, six foot four, 260 pounds, has the length, has the speed, has the size, has the moves to rush the passer on third down as well. You kick Cam Jordan inside, you got your NASCAR package ready to go. It's just a very fun, versatile piece. Let's go with Troy Gidgery here. He mentioned Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Kadarius Tony, and Jabril Cox. So I think you've got like a little bit of day one, a little bit of day two right there. Uh, big fan of that. I'm really interested. Remember, Jabril Cox's pro day is on Monday. The draft is on Thursday. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Jabril Cox tests on Monday and what that means for his draft stock, because he is very, very close to the NFL draft. So if he goes one way or another due to the way that he tests at his pro day, it could be a little bit dramatic, right? It could be a dramatic boost up. It could be a dramatic drop down if he underperforms because of how close he is to the draft. So we'll have to see. And then, of course, he has the hamstring injury that he's been recovering from. They're saying that the reason why they pushed him to this next pro day is because of the fact that they wanted to make sure that he got 100% healed from that very hamstring injury. We'll see if that's the case once he gets there. Uh, Eric Swiler up next, trade up into the top 15 and get cornerback JC Horn, and then trade up again and get wide receiver Terrace Marshall. So you're talking about maybe uh, you know, a trade up into the top you know, 15, which is going to cost you this year's first and probably next year's first in order to do that because you're coming up from 28. And then to get back into the first round or to get early in the second round, you're probably looking at trading your second round pick and then a future second or third, depending upon what part you're trying to get into, right? Trying to get to the bottom of the set or bottom of the first, probably going to cost you a future second. Trying to get into the top of the third, probably going to cost you a future third. Depends, right? How do you feel about putting up two first round picks for a cornerback? Or do you feel like that is strictly a, a quarterback trade? I tend to think it's a little rich, but you know what? The Saints, they're aggressive. And again, Eric, you like your guy, you go get your guy, right? Next, we want to Tomaz here. Uh, I would be really happy if one of these falls to the Saints at 28. Totally against moving up for them, though. Okay, good caveat there. Uh, so Micah Parsons, Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn, Rashad Bateman. And then Tomas followed up and asked a good question here. Which one do you think is more likely to fall to 28? I think out of those four, the one that's most likely to fall to 28 is probably Rashad Bateman. Uh, I, the wide receiver class here is so incredibly interesting because you could see Kadarius Toney jump ahead. You could see Terrace Marshall jump ahead. You could see Elijah Moore jump ahead. You could see Nico Collins jump ahead. There are some really interesting wide receivers that could shock, right? That could surprise and jump into the first round here. And because of the volatility at that position, which we usually see, right? Remember, 
DK Metcalf was supposed to be a first rounder, right? AJ Brown was supposed to be a first rounder. Like we've seen this happen before where you could see some of those tier two wide receivers drop out because of how deep the wide receiver class is and because of how limited and how steep the drop off is at other positions that a lot of teams are in need for right now. So you could see a wide receiver fall, which feels more, more likely out of those four, Micah Parsons, Caleb Farley, JC Horn, and Rashad Bateman. If I had to add a second, I'd say Caleb Farley because of his medicals. Those are the two that to me that seem the most likely to drop out of those four. Uh, next, we'll go to Tony Mealy here, which will uh, wrap up this segment. Uh, JC Horner, Greg Newsom in the first round. Makes a lot of sense. Jabril Cox in round two. Great sidekick to Demario Davis, which by the way, Demario Davis will be announcing the round two, or rather day two selections for the New Orleans Saints. So we might see Demario Davis up to three times during the second and third round during day two of the NFL draft. And there's a potential that he could end up actually uh, announcing his next running mate if Jabril Cox were the selection in day two. And then Tony gives us a 100% homer selection slash alumni wish. Tony, of course, is an alumni of Southeastern, and he mentioned, wait until next year for a quarterback and get Cole Kelly from Southeastern to line up. For those not familiar, six foot seven, 260 pounds. He's almost Zayvon Collins, a little bit taller than Zayvon Collins. 2,662 yards, 27 total touchdowns, eight passing, seven rushing. He also had two catches as well, and then he only threw four interceptions in seven games this spring while playing. So definitely a name to keep an eye out on Cole Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y out of Southeastern. All right, y'all, we're going to get to the remaining wish list here over on the Locked on Saints Facebook group. And we're going to have a quick story time with Ross as well. Talk a little bit about how worlds collide and how uh, crazy some things can be in life. It's pretty awesome stuff. Uh, And a big thank you to the family for this one. So we'll get to all that here in just a moment as we continue on our Facebook Friday episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And as we sit here as a part of the Locked on Saints family, the Houdat Nation, we're building memories. Building, building, building. So we got to talk about Built Bar, right? Yeah, you like that? Too late. I did it. I don't care if you like it because Built Bar, you love it. I do know that because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever made. Ain't no competition. I told y'all the other day, I had another protein bar because I was in a pinch and I literally lost muscle immediately. All everything, everything that Built Bar did for me was just gone. So don't even mess with the other stuff. Just go to BuiltBar.com and get the built bars that you know you want and get the built bars that you know that you need because they're new, improved, and even more deliciouser than ever. 18 amazing flavors with a 19th bonus flavor going on right now. Talk about new and improved coconut brownie chunk, the champion of our built bar bracket, got a little bit of a revamp and it's back on the market. So go and check them out, builtbar.com. All these bars, of course, are covered in 100% chocolate, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, soft and easy to chew. These things are incredible. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode with our Facebook Friday. A little bit of story time with Ross coming up here in a little bit. But I got to remind you, of course, of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It is happening right now. Now, NFL insiders like Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer, the playmaker, giving his thoughts on our selections. How freaking cool is that, man? Like, I just love this so much. It has been such a blast. So please go and check it out. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 Top 26 Podcasts in Sports Across the Country right now. It's incredible. Y'all have been amazing. And today was the New Orleans Saints selection. So I was up 
I made the selection. Y'all need to let me know what you think about it. We'll also talk about it on Monday's episode. It is Mock Draft Monday after all. So go and check it out on the new Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. Once again, just search Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. You can check out the Odyssey app as well, your new audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our Facebook Friday. Stephen McCary coming through, and this is not the last time we'll hear from Stephen today. Uh, he said he likes Austin Watkins, late round running back from University of Alabama, Birmingham. I'm a big fan of Austin Watkins. I got to see him at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Great blocker, willing blocker, right? He 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 has some development left to do there, but he's willing, he's physical, he's ready to do it. Um, a very physical route runner as well. And he has some special teams uh, ability too. He worked out as a gunner during Senior Bowl practices. So I really like what I saw from Austin Watkins at, uh, at the... Uh, senior bowl. And then the folks that I asked that worked with him, some coaches and stuff like that had some really, really phenomenal things to say about him as well. So big fan of Austin Watkins. Brian Abel comes through with the laundry list right here, but there are some great names here that I do want to talk about. JC Horn, we are, we know it, right? We know it. Zaven Collins, tell me about it, family. Jabril Cox, we know. Samuel Cosme, we'll come back to it. Terrace Marshall, Rondale Moore, Eric Stokes, Tommy Tremble, the tight end, out of Notre Dame, Jamie Newman and Cam Sample. I'm going to pick three names out of here. Samuel Cosme, be ready, y'all. I know that I know that the idea of drafting an offensive lineman in the first round isn't the sexiest thing. It's not the most appealing thing, but the Saints could look to go offensive line, let me say early, not necessarily first round, could be first round, but could be second round. They could trade up for an offensive lineman as well, just like you saw them do in the second round for Eric McCoy, who became the Saints starting center immediately, probably going to move over to right guard this season. Samuel Cosme, a tackle, great size, great length, at good length, let me say it that way, great size, good length, and extremely athletic. He is the New Orleans Saints prototype when it comes to athletic offensive linemen. The guy is incredible and fits his own run scheme and his own blocking scheme really well. That's exactly what you want to see for the Saints who are going to be working with Alvin Kamara for years to come. Let's look at the other name that I want to point out here, second of three, Jamie Newman, the quarterback out of Wake Forest. If you want another big quasi-athletic right guy that can move around, that can pick up some yards with his legs if he needs to, but is not a specifically like rushing quarterback. That's not going to be the name of his game, but he's got a big old arm. Jamie Newman, basically, if you're trying to replicate your Jameis Winston starter, potentially, Jamie Newman could be a really good developmental option behind him. And then Cam Sample, who can play inside and out. You heard both um, Andrew Doak and I talking a bit about Cam Sample, Andrew Doak of WWL, who came through on the show on Thursday, right? Thursday, yes. Um, I'm trying to get, keep all my days straight. Uh, came through on Thursday. He talked a bit about Cam Sample. We talked about his spin move, his ability to work on the outside and the interior. Great selection for the New Orleans Saints. Great potential selection for the New Orleans Saints. And a local guy too, which the Saints have shown a lot of love for local flavor here recently with two two-lane signings and re-signing Will Clapp of LSU here recently as well. Brian Mitchell comes through with J.C. Horn, but then also asked what potential first-round selection would get this response. And then he used the uh, he used the uh, Michael Scott no please, no, no gift. Um, I don't really have one like that. Like y'all know me, like a, a lot of folks kind of got really upset about the Cesar Ruiz selection last year, but I saw the logic in it. I, I think that no matter what selection was made here, I would try to find the logic in it. If something made me react like that, I can't see it at that moment, at, at this moment, right? It would have to happen in the moment, but I'll let y'all know for sure. If something does get me like that, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it openly here in uh, on Locked on Saints. I'll tell you what, if they would have drafted Zach Bond in the first round last year, that would have been my reaction. Getting him in the third round was fine, but getting an undersized pass rusher whose position you're trying to change in the first round, not the right choice for me. 
Uh, I'm not trying to do developmental in the first round, right? We're trying to go immediate impact as early as possible. And a part of that also folds into Leroy Arville, who mentioned that his wish list is for the Saints to find a minimum three first-year starters slash key contributors, right? That's a good that's a good caveat. Starters or just key contributors uh, whom will go on to be the foundational pieces for multiple Super Bowl appearances slash wins. Gotta love that last tag. But this is really it. Remember, we did a pair of mock drafts the other day where we tried to land four uh, first, uh, sorry, four top 100 selections from Dane Brugler's big board in the first three rounds, and it's possible. So to walk away with a few key contributors slash first year starters is not impossible in this draft. All right. And finally, we're going to wrap up with Stephen McCary here who mentioned that he will take the man and then he mentioned a good friend of mine named uh, Jerry. I don't want to say his last name just to be, you know, I, I want to keep the homie comfortable and everything like that. So, you know, I, I haven't talked to him about sharing this, but I do want to share this story. Um, after Katrina and everything, we kind of moved away for a little bit and everything from New Orleans. I, I ended up going to college in Arkansas for my undergrad. I ended up doing my master's degree out in California at the University of California, Irvine. And Eaters was good. And so I hadn't been in New Orleans for a long time. But as soon as I had, you know, we had finished up school and everything like that, I wanted to get back to New Orleans as quickly as possible. I had been back a couple of times, but I wasn't like back back right at that time. And so it was like I was there for two days, three days, stuff like that, always just trying to get back, see the family, see the, see the homies, everything like that. And so I finally got this opportunity to, first of all, bring my fiance to New Orleans for the first time, which is very exciting for me, but then also just to get back and like see my people. So for me, one of the things that I needed to do was I, went, I needed to go and see a New Orleans Saints game. I wasn't writing about the Saints at this time. I wasn't in sports media at this time. So it was just me going as a fan and having a good time. And I ended up going to the December 6, 2015 matchup between the Panthers and the Saints, the 41 to 38 victory from the Panthers where the Saints almost knocked off the undefeated Panthers in that game. Stephon Anthony had a fumble return for a touchdown. The Saints became the first team to return an extra point for two points on their own. Remember, that was the first season that that was actually a part of the rulebook and the Saints were the first team to pull it off. It was an incredible, incredible performance by both Cam Newton and Drew Brees, right? Both of them had remarkable performances in that game. But the thing that really stood out to me was me getting together. I bought four tickets, one for my fiance, one for me, one for my like best, best, there's no way to replace ride or die best friend, uh, Troy, and then his his girlfriend. We had four tickets together, uh, section 644, row 32, seats four, five, six, and seven. All right. Yes, there were people that bought three seats. We weren't awkwardly, you know, three seats in from the aisle like rude people or anything like that. You know how it gets in the dome. But when it comes, what but the next thing that happened was that I had, you know, wrote on Facebook like, yo, I'm in New Orleans, going to the Saints game today, yada, yada. And then so Jerry, who uh, uh, Stephen shouted out in the Locked on Saints Facebook group, ended up writing to me and saying, hey, where are you sitting? And then so and I'm just reading this directly from this, this Facebook message. We're at 644 way up, right? Because you know, I was trying to go to a football game, but I wasn't trying to spend any money. I had just graduated college. I had debt. I had things going on. So you know, 644 was good for you, boy. And it's not a bad seat in the dome anyway. So anyway, I said, haven't gone up yet. You're around. We're over at the escalators by gate A. Hadn't heard from him in a little bit. You know how the reception be in, in the Superdome, right? So then I wrote, all right, we're going to walk up. We'll be in section 644. Hit me up when you can. If nothing else, I'll see you at halftime or I'll see you after the game, right? Very theater of me. I'll see you at intermission or I'll see you after the play. We ain't talking during. But anyway, he writes back to me. He says, yo, I have tickets in 644, row 32. And then so I sent him a picture of my ticket, which was row, which was section 644, row 32, seat seven. 
he sends me back a picture of his Section 644, Row 32, Seat 8. Hadn't seen the homie in a very long time, nearly 10 years, and here we are both showing up to the New Orleans Saints game up against the Carolina Panthers in December after years of being away, and we're literally sitting right next to one another. An incredible moment and just a remarkable um, example of how the universe works and how sports brings people together. So I just wanted to share that because I, I, I am so ready to get back in the Dome. I'm so ready to see the New Orleans Saints play. This ended up being a way longer story than I expected it to be, by the way. So I appreciate y'all for hanging out. But I just wanted to share that because it's such an incredible thing. Because I can't wait to be sitting next to one of you, right? I can't wait to run into one of you at the Dome, run into my family at the Dome, run into, the, run into the, you know, my friends that I haven't seen in a while at the Dome. I'm very much looking forward to it. All right, I got to wrap it up because I'm going long. So, But you know what? It was an important story. So I'm glad that I shared that. Shout out everybody for the great questions over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group. We're right back at it on Monday, y'all. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. Uh, please, please, please stay safe. I will see y'all on Monday. We're going to Mock Draft Monday one more time. The last Mock Draft Monday. No, it's not. Second to last Mock Draft Monday because you know we're doing a way too early Mock Draft the day after the NFL draft, right? Like y'all know that's happening. So we'll be back at it with our second to last mock draft Monday on Monday. Much love to everybody. And thank you as always for listening, rating, reviewing, and helping to grow this family. You can catch me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holler at you.